0: Good morning, everyone. How are we? Good. So um, I want you to imagine uh, for a a moment. I grew up um, in North Queensland where there is uh, beautiful beaches uh, covered with stingers. So, I never, never dreamt of going to the beach. We always went to the um, inland, up into the rivers and the, and the waterfalls, you know what I mean? That's, where, that's how I'm like, oh yeah, I love that idea. So, if you could imagine with me a moment in your life where you're in one of those rivers, there's some waterfalls, and uh, you're standing on a rock, and you look and you think, you see, and all these people jump off the rock, and you think, I can do it. Has anyone been in this place? And you stand at the top of the rock and you look down and you go, oh, my Lord, that's a lot further down, you know, when you're standing at the top and looking down and you get a little scared and you kind of think, oh, I don't think I can do this. I think, um, I think I'll figure out a way of get any out of here. I think, I, you know, I used to say at the time, I think I need to go to the toilet. That was always a good excuse to sort of back out of, you know, an embarrassing situation. And, you know, along comes a friend who recognises where you're at and the fear that you're struggling with. And they say, hey, why don't we do this together? Why don't we jump off together? You can do it. Come on, I'll do it with you. Why don't we jump together? And together you take that leap off the cliff, something that in and of yourself you wouldn't have been able to do. But with someone else there encouraging you, holding your hand, saying you can do it, you're able to actually go further than you could have done on your own. Can you imagine that situation? Perhaps like me, you've been in that situation. Um, so, you know, in that story, how many of us are like the person stuck on the roof? They're um, not stuck on the roof, stuck, stuck on the rock. How many of us feel like at times analyse we're that person? That we just can't, we're just at a, at a roadblock. We, we're unable to go forward. We're just immobilised. Fear has taken over us. We're feeling intimidated and, and inadequate around everyone. We're, we're scared of making decisions. Has anyone been in that place, you know, where we just, get, it's just, we just feel like we're immobilised? We all go through those times, no matter who we are. We're all going to face those times. At some point in our lives, we are going to have a moment where we get stuck and that we're actually going to need someone to come alongside of us and help us through those times. I don't know if you realise, but you actually can also be the friend. Helping someone push through, jump off the cliff, go that little bit further, you can be that friend. You can be that person who comes alongside and holds the hand and says, you can do it, you can make You can make it, you can take the step, you can do those things that are before you, those challenges. You can overcome them, you can do that. That in Christ we have been called... To be that friend, to be like Jesus to those around about us. So as we go through this um, series that we're in at the moment, the one and others. My 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 message today is on encouraging one another, building one another up. And as this previously said, we've had Mike sharing on forgiveness, we've had Clint sharing on love. And the interesting thing about the one and others, and particularly. Um, I think probably all of them, really, maybe it's probably why they're called one another's, is that you can't do them very well to yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard to encourage yourself. Do you know what I mean? You can try, but you know what I mean? And, and David says, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. David does speak to his soul and, and encourages himself. Come on, get out of your, get out of your misery, get out of your problems. But you know what? It's actually not an easy thing to do. You know, Steve and I have often said it's always a really good thing that only one of us is going through drama at a time, so the other person... Has anyone else thought that, you know? You know, if you're both at the same, it's like, oh, my God, how would we ever get out of it? So it's always that thing that um, you need other people. We are not an island, and we don't live well as an island. We are actually created for family. We've been created for community, and we need one another. And the scripture that I'm using is 1 Thessalonians 5.11... Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Just, in fact, you are doing. When I was uh, one of the places that I work, I go in a couple of days a week. And um, at, a, at a period of time, I was going in and there's another girl who was there. And um, she was in her office on, the own, on her own, except the days when I came in twice a week. And so we'd often start the day with lots of chatting and, uh, I, you know, I started to feel a little convicted that maybe I needed to stop chatting, you know, that first 10 or 15 minutes of the day um, because I felt like maybe I was just talking too much and, you know, you know, you sort of get that kind of discomfort. And you think, oh, I just need to go in and get my head down and get into my work and not get distracted, and not distract her. And so I was driving to work this day and I'd made the decision, that's it, I'm just going to go straight into work and I'm going to get the computer on and I'm going to get straight into it. And I arrived at work and uh, she said, I have so been looking forward to you coming in today. I love the days when you come in. I love these chats. They mean so much to me. I've been really struggling. And whenever you talk to me, you always say something that helps me get through what I'm going, what's going on. I went, "Ah, huh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realise what a benefit that it was to her, how much she appreciated those chats that we were having. I was actually unbeknownst to me being an encourager to her. But her telling me that, do you understand? Her telling me that was an encouragement to me because I was feeling like, oh, I'm just saying too much, I just need to shut up, I just need to... Do you know what I mean? I was being self-critical and feeling like I wasn't doing a very good job as a friend because I was distracting her, yet that wasn't the case. So even when we're going through difficulties, we can still encourage. Do you know what I mean? It's not either or, It's both. So, I want to ask you a question. We're going to break it into two areas, encouragement and building up. So, let's look at encouragement. What is encouragement? What does it mean to encourage someone? Sorry? Speak kindly. Speak kindly, yeah. Anything else? What was that? Forgive. Forgive. Give, give, and did you say positively? Beautiful. Something else? Come alongside. Brilliant. Warren, very good. Yes, at the back. Fire them up. up. Oh, I like that. That's a really good one. Fire them up. That's fantastic. Okay, so all of you school teachers in the room, you will know that the word courage is made up of a prefix, n, and then courage. And that prefix n, e-n, means to put into, it makes the word courage into a verb, into a doing word. You would think I was good at language, wouldn't you? I'm not. Uh, Google's great. Um, and so when you put those things, you know, so to encourage means to put courage into someone. It means to add courage to them. That's that word, encourage. In the Old Testament, there's a word there, hazak. And, I, and it means to be strong, to give strength, to repair, to encourage, to seize hold of, to make repairs, to establish oneself firmly and to rally strength. This word was used by Moses to Joshua when he was handing him over the leadership. I think he'd need some courage to take on a nation that's on the verge of the Promised Land and has got all of those things before them. And he and he speaks this word. He, he speaks this word, Hazak, into Joshua. He says, "Take courage. You know, you know, get some strength. You can do this." Uh, that's the word that that is used when Moses speaks to Joshua. In the New Testament, the word is Plarik. Paraklesis. Does anyone know what that's a little bit like, all you New Testament scholars? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, parakletos, Holy Spirit, exactly. That same root word in the Greek is used for the Holy Spirit. And it means, as Warren so aptly said, to come alongside, to urge and to invite and to, to comfort, to, you like this one? To prod and poke with a stick. And there's that, put that fire. Isn't that a great to prod and poke with a stick? What a great image in your mind of what this word encouragement is about. So, you know, you bring these things, you know, the great thing about the Hebrew and the Greek is they give you these great descriptions that you can come together. And it means to, to come alongside someone and to beg and to urge and to plead with them, to make repairs in their lives, to rally strength, to face their cliff face moments and to be strong with them and help them establish themselves. So, some simple definitions that, uh, you know, to help you remember what does encouragement mean? As I said before, it means to put courage into, to breathe life into the weary. I like that. Breathe life into the weary. You know, when you're, you're tired, who gets tired? You just had enough of the dramas and the problems, and someone comes and breathes that little bit of life, that that word of encouragement, that hope into your spirit, that's that breathing life into the weary. And speaking words and doing actions that help people gain a sense of their capacity and their destiny. You know, encouragement's not just about someone that's facing a difficult time or is in trouble, but it's also about... You know, the, the the capacity, the ability that people have that they can't see in themselves. That encouraging, hey, I can see something in you you can't see. So how do we encourage one another? There are a lot of uh, references to encouragement throughout the scripture. And we need to recognise it's something that we are called to do. So the first thing is that we have to believe in people. We've got to see the potential in people, not the problems. You know, it's, it's so easy to see the problems in people, to see their faults and their failings and their difficulties, you know, what they get wrong. But you know what? We've also got to see the potential. What is their capacity? What are they given the ability to do? In um, I've got a bunch of scriptures up there. I'm not going to read them out, but it's the story of um, Saul, coming back into Jerusalem. After his conversion, he spent some time, time away on his own. And he's come back in, he's trying to get into the church in Jerusalem and speak to the apostles. And, of course, they're all a little, oh, hello. We know this guy. We know what he's done. We know what he's up to. And we don't trust him. And there was a man there by the name of Joseph um, who was called Barnabas. And Barnabas, Barnabas means the son of encouragement, And Barnabas saw the potential in Paul. Barnabas saw what the others couldn't see. They saw the problems. He saw the potential. And Barnabas stands up and he defends Paul and he says, no, look, we've got to give this guy a go. You know, I've seen and and I've heard what he's been doing. I've, I've listened to him preach and I believe what he's got is something that we need to listen to. And Barnabas opened the door for Paul And those two ended up having a travelling ministry around in, you know, spreading the gospel, Paul and Barnabas. You see that it's Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas saw the potential in Paul. And then we get to uh, um, Acts 15 and uh, these guys have a bit of a Barney. And it's over someone by the name of John Mark because yet once more Barnabas saw the potential in this young guy called John Mark. But Paul didn't want to have a bar of him. Paul said, nah, he's got this issue going down. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to have him on the team. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't trust this guy. I don't think he's mature enough. Whatever was going on. And they actually divided over that. You don't hear about Barnabas after that event. But interestingly, we find towards the close of Paul's ministry in 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 9 to 11, it says, Only Luke is with me get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me and my ministry. And that is just such great vindication for Barnabas. We don't know what happened to him, but you know what, that son of encouragement, he saw the potential. He didn't just look at what everybody else saw, he went beyond that. He saw with God's eyes into Paul. He saw with God's eyes into John Mark. And God is calling each and every one of us to be the son of encouragement, to be an encourager, to see the potential in people, to look beyond the surface and to see people with God's eyes. That's how God sees us. He just doesn't look at our history. He doesn't look at where we're at right now, but he looks at the potential, as Clint said, the seed that is within us. And we need to be like Jesus. We need to see beyond and we need to see the potential. The thing I love about Steve is that he is a Barnabas and he sees the potential and he gives people a go and he opens up opportunities because he knows there is a call there, there is capacity, there's ability. And that's why we have two interns in our leadership at the moment, in our ministry team, because Steve is a Barnabas and he sees that potential. And I want to encourage you, look for the potential in people. Don't see the problems. Look for the potential. Go beyond be an encourager to open up the door for them to encourage them to, that you can do it. You're able. You've got the capacity and the ability to go the way. Secondly, to be an encourager, you need to be a prod. You need to spur people on, not stop them. <coughs> it's it you know. Um, it's really easy to see what could go wrong. Do you know what I mean? To look three or four steps ahead and go, oh, well, if you did that, you, you know, you, you might fall off there and you might, you know, this might happen or that might happen. But you know what, it's it's actually hard to go, no what, no matter what the obstacles, you know, you can do it, you can go on. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I, I have a, a charm bracelet and one of my girlfriends, she bought me a spur. And you know, a little, little cowboy spur because she recognized that I was a little timid and fearful. And I was scared of making choices and decisions of stepping out. I've said it before, I was, I'm an introvert, and that, that fear, I wanted to travel overseas. And she bought me this little spur to say to me, she put it on there, she says, when you see that, think, you can do it. And, and I just thought it was a fantastic illustration of this point, that we need someone to come alongside of us and to prod us and to poke us and to, and to spur us on to love and good works. In Hebrews 10, 24, that's the scripture, spur one another on to love and good deeds. If you read through the book of Matthew from chapter 5 to chapter 7, Jesus spurs us on to love and good deeds. And you know, it starts with the Beatitudes. I, I you know, I don't know about you, but chapter five and seven are the ones that I go, Oh my god, I just want to get through them because you know he talks about the beatitudes, then he talks about being salt and light, then he talks about anger, <laughs> then lust, then divorce about retaliation, loving your enemies, giving to the needy. Talk about prodding you with a stick. Do you know what I mean? You've only got to read these you know, two chapters in the book of Matthew and you will see that Jesus's ministry was about spurring people on. You are not yet Jesus. You are not yet fully like Jesus. You have got work to do, you have got to become. You know, there's this thing that we need to be there prodding people on to becoming more like Jesus. You know, top sports athletes all have a coach because they know they can't do it on their own. We've all got our blind spots. We can't see our, you know, our weaknesses, our frailties. We can't see those things of ourselves. We actually need somebody else from the outside that looks in. And this scripture is saying we've got to encourage one another. We've actually got to be that little stick prodding one another on that you can do it. You can forgive. Do You know what I mean? You can, you know, stop being in this cycle of wanting to hate and retaliate or whatever those things are that are going on in your world. You know, we actually have that capacity to be that prod for one another. Okay, the second part of the scripture is to build one another up. And so that word build one another up, in 1 Corinthians that same Greek word is translated embolden, which again is that prefix "m," which means to put into, to put boldness in, to put boldness into someone, to build them up, to to make them bold and courageous. So the Greek word is unpronounceable to me, um, but the root word is oikos. Now, oikos means, does anyone know the Greek scholar's family? It means family, it's household, it's temple, it's talking community, oikos. The, the interesting thing about this word, to build up, it's actually rooted in community. It's rooted in family language. And it's saying that Jesus says, I want you, I want you to encourage one another and build each other up, meaning you've actually, it's, it's a community-based thing. It's not something you do in isolation. So it means to build a home, erect a building to build up from the foundations, to restore by building or repairing. Again, it's an action word. It's doing. It's something that we do. We've got to build on the foundations and make adjustments and corrections. So how do we build one another up? Um, The first thing we can be is a prop. Um, Steve and I went through the Newcastle earthquake. Oh, Dad, you would have gone through that as well, 1989, nearly 30 years ago. Um, when I don't know, how, it was a hundred and I can't remember how many lives were lost and buildings destroyed. Twelve lives lost. And uh, this, is, uh, this is actually Newcastle, England, a uh, building being propped because I couldn't find one that had props from Newcastle, Australia. But uh, that, um, that, that actually was what... Uh, uh, driving around Newcastle for years, there were buildings that were propped like that. So they'd been through this, you know, substantial movement uh, and they, they needed these props. And there's actually one church, they obviously had... Um, difficulties with the insurance company because the props are now part... They're there still, 30 years on, you know, they've decorated them in to be part of the building architecture. So, you know, there's sort of some props need to be there full-time. They don't get taken down later. And so that's a, sort of an image of this whole thing of building one up is to be a prop, to come alongside and to stand and support and to, you know, be that person that can give strength. In Galatians 6.2, it says, Carry each other's burdens... In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. See, so Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden. You know, my yoke is easy, my burden. He says, come to me, I'll help carry your burden. He's, Jesus is our prop. And he says, I want you to be that for each other. This family, this community, this thing, oikos, this church that you're part of. Be that family, be that burden bearer for one another. You know if you are going through difficulties, if you're going through a, a life moving event or a storm, you know what? You've actually got to let people in. I think the biggest thing that I've seen in Steve in this last, particularly you know, four weeks when he's you know been very unwell, is he's recognised he can't do it. He's uh, you know, someone who just keeps on keeping on, and uh, unfortunately, the You know, it was the British paints, has just given up, you know, and he says, I can't do it. And he's had to allow other people to step in and do things. And you know what? That's a really humbling thing, but we all actually need to humble ourselves sometimes and allow others to come in and be the burden bearer with us and to support us and prop us up in those difficult times. Lastly, help build one another up is we've got to be a communicator. We've actually got to learn to speak and not be silent. You know, how many times have you had someone on your heart or your mind and they won't go away and then you find out later on the grapevine they've been sick or they've had a bit of a tragedy or some drama's taken and you think, oh, I should have run them. Who's, who's had those moments? You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, but we stay silent. We're afraid, you know, what are we afraid of? And I, I look, I'm pointing at myself here. Why do we do that? And I think the thing is we've actually got to learn that, you know, we said that this word, you know, to build up, it's, it's you know, an encouragement. It's it's part of what the Holy Spirit is like. It's the, it's a, a picture, the Holy Spirit's a picture of that, and we've got to take that on, and we've got to listen, and we've got to speak at those times. There's a proverb um 3126. I'd love this to be a proverb that speaks of my life. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. I I love wisdom. Wisdom is one of the things that is very dear to me. And I'd love to be known as that type of person, that when I speak that there is wisdom and there's instruction and it's helpful to people and 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 it encourages people and supports people and helps build the foundations of their lives. A friend once said to us, many years ago she said she was a single single person and she said you know the best community I've ever been part of was one where people were willing to take me aside and bring correction into my life and I mean that really challenged Steve and I in our pastoral ministry saying how often are we willing you know and we had that series a little while ago had those tough conversations how willing are we to take people aside and actually Speak the truth in love, in a loving way. Do you know what I mean? And I think... But the thing that I, that I realised as I was preparing this is that it can only be done in oikos, in family. I can't come up to you and speak into your world and correct you if I don't know you. What right do I have to do that? Who do I think I am that I can say those things into your world? I don't have the right... But through family, through relationship, through connection, through trust then we've got the capacity to speak. So to be able to be built up or to build others up, we can't be in isolation. We've got to be part of community. That next slide, thanks, David. I like that. I just thought it was cute. I had to put it in. You like that one? Very good. So a scripture to close with. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Jesus Christ had. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you that same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ did. We are called to encourage one another and build each other up. To do that, We need to be like Jesus because that is a gift of the Holy Spirit, to be that encourager, to be that person who's able to build up. We need to be in oikos. We need to be in family and community. We need to open up our lives and our hearts and our minds and our fears and our insecurities. We need to open up to one another so that we can be able to support and encourage each other. You know, this uh, scripture from 1 Thessalonians was Paul's, kind of final instructions to the church in Thessalonica. They were facing issues and he, he wanted to give this word of encouragement to them. They were a good church in Thessalonica, but Paul was still bringing words to remind them how they were to live. And so, you know, Bayview, this is a good church. There is, there is great love and support and encouragement here, but we need to continue on and we need to look for the ones on the outer, we need to bring them in, not just those that we know, but we need to open wide our oikos, our family, our household, and we need to draw in those that are on the outside so they too can be encouraged and built up. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are our encourager and that you do build us up. Holy Spirit, that your presence in our lives speaks into us And God, we pray that we would have the capacity and the ability in you to open up our eyes and our ears to those around about us and to be an encourager to those near us, to embolden those around us. And God, for the times when we are struggling, let us put down our walls and open up our our gates to allow others in to be the prop and the support that we need in those times, I pray. Amen and amen.